Vigor Steve here. Welcome to the sixth part of the Optimizing Drug Deep Dive video series, which is already the fourth part of the Performance Enhancing Drug segment. And it might actually be the last part because it seems that attention span interest is going down with each consecutive episode. And honestly, I think we covered the majority of the performance enhancing drugs, which are known to boost and optimize endurance and stamina. But I'm open to suggestions. If you want to see a seventh part, let me know what I forgot in these previous video series, or if there's something else you would want me to highlight specifically. In part one and two, we discussed the over-the-counter supplements. In part three, we discussed hormone replacement therapy and optimizing mitochondrial functioning. Part four was about optimizing oxygen carrying capacity, which I actually forgot. One uh, performance enhancing drug, which we'll highlight in this video. In part five, optimizing cardiac function. And in this part, we'll discuss how to optimize skeletal muscle function and optimizing lactic acid removal. And then in part seven, again, if you would like to see it, we can discuss how to optimize the central nervous system with stimulants or nootropics. But I think it's better if I just include that in the third part of the optimized entrepreneurial nootropic stack deep dive video series, which is now slowly being released. I can also discuss how to reduce inflammation with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, uh, corticosteroids, glucocorticoids, biological anti-inflammatory agents, which are specifically used for autoimmune and inflammatory conditions, and then even the unclassifiable performance enhancing drugs. But I'm open to suggestions. So again, if you want to see a part seven, let me know down below. Otherwise, this will be the last part and we'll um, incorporate some of the other compounds in a different deep dive video series. And before we get into it, please like the video, leave a comment for the algorithm and consider subscribing if you haven't already. And you can support the channel by joining either the YouTube or Patreon memberships where you can vote for following deep dive videos and join the weekly vigorous Q&A, which is always on Saturday. Plenty of time to get your questions in before we go public and then turn to do super chats. Super flood. Let's get started with optimizing skeletal muscle function, discussing diisopropylamine dichloroacetate, abbreviated to DADA, which actually works within the mitochondria. So I should have included this in the optimizing mitochondrial function part a couple parts ago. Um, but at that time, I didn't really have enough time to do research on diisopropylamine dichloroacetate. This works by inhibiting the pyruvate dehydrogenase kinase for enzymes. And thus, glucose metabolism for adenosine triphosphate production goes up but adenosine triphosphate recycling also increases. So data basically gives you unlimited energy. Luckily, data is not included in the 2023 or upcoming 2024 version of the WADA prohibited list or monitoring program. So you're still technically a half natty if you go with increasing your ATP synthesis and ATP recycling by using data intramuscularly. Unfortunately, I couldn't really find the half-life of diisopropylamine dichloroacetate but I think the half-life is reasonably short because all of the people that I talked to that use data intramuscularly, they administer that directly before their training session in order to improve their endurance. And it seems that endurance is elevated for a multitude of different hours. But I don't think, again, based on the research that I've done so far, I don't think that data lasts a multitude of days. So ideally, you inject it maybe once or twice per week. Again, dosages can be between 20 milligrams up to 100 milligrams intramuscularly. And then if needed, you can start ramping up the dose, um, again, depending on how your performance lasts during your endurance sessions. But it seems that the effective dose for a bodybuilding purposes or endurance sports purposes is much, much lower. 
Again, I haven't really talked to so many people who use diisopropylamine dichloroacetate themselves. I heard it through the grapevine here and there, but it seems that the dosage range varies greatly from individual to individual. Let's go over the biological functions and effects. Uh, data was actually used for chronic liver disease treatments back in the day. It was used to be a part of pangemic acid, which was marketed as a vitamin B15. Now, pangemic acid isn't really a B vitamin. It seems that current formulations don't really contain data, but instead N-N-dimethylglycine, abbreviated to DMG. I don't think that it has any benefits regarding endurance and stamina, but I might be mistaken. I didn't uh, research N-N-dimethylglycine separately. So back then, it was used for chronic liver disease treatment in the form of vitamin B15, and it might have potential medical applications for toxoplasmosis, cerebral vascular disorders, influenza, liver complications, including non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, certain cancers, metabolic disorders, and even multi-organ failure. Now, how does it work? That is a pyruvate dehydrogenase kinase for enzyme inhibitor, which allows the body to convert pyruvate into acetyl coenzyme A at a higher rate. And thus, uh, it plays a crucial role in the glucose metabolism and ATP synthesis. But that also promotes the oxidation of glucose for energy production and increases the recycling of ATP, substantially increasing intracellular ADP concentrations. But this also means that data can act as a potent vasodilator because by increasing ATP uh, concentrations intracellularly, some of this can spill into the bloodstream, convert into adenosine monophosphate, and adenosine monophosphate is a very potent vasodilator. Again, when I talk to people who've used data in the past, it doesn't seem to be such a potent vasodilator if you use it in the lower end of the dosage ranges, but if you start building it up, I'm sure that you can get some vasodilating effects out of it. And for the people who've used Amino Asylum, Stampede, or Super Shredder containing actual ATP or AMP in one of these formulations, the vasodilating effect, substantial, right? So this basically mitigates the use of injectable pre-workout containing ATP, you can directly improve ATP synthesis with data instead. And I think this will work particularly well with a compound like Muldronate, who shifts energy consumption from fatty acids and glucose purely to glucose. If you combine that with data, again, potentially on paper, it does make sense, then the overall ATP synthesis should be greatly heightened. And the last beneficial effect of data is the detoxifying effect Apparently, data can assist hepatic detoxification of heavy metals, nitrates, and organophosphates through the formulation of chelate-like compounds. And of course, chelated compounds are excreted through the kidneys through normal metabolic process. So data looks highly promising. From the people that I've talked to, it seems that it has a pronounced effect, especially if the dosage is a little bit higher. Uh, but I would rather have you do a lot of research because... Again, it's, there's not so much scientific evidence out of it. I can't really find so much anecdotal reports on the internet. And I've uh, talked to people sparingly who actually use it. It seems to be quite a niche compound, but since it's not included in the monitoring program or the prohibited list of this year and next year, um, it seems to be one of those compounds that is um, really going to make a difference if you combine it with some of the other performance sensing drugs, which we discussed in previous parts. Moving over to GW1516, which also optimizes skeletal functioning. Now, this one is prohibited under uh, 4.4 metabolic modulators, where it's specifically mentioned GW1516, Cargarine, or Endurable. Um, let's see, it's a peroxisome profilator activated receptor delta agonist and does shift energy production mostly to fatty acid oxidation, albeit 
that glucose metabolism and oxidation will still take place within the mitochondria as part of the Krebs cycle. So I don't think it's a good idea to combine cardarine with something like muldronate or diisopropylamine dichloroacetate data. Um, you have to choose either or. So if you go with uh, optimizing glucose oxidation, go with muldronate and data. And if you want to optimize fatty acid oxidation, go with cardarine in combination with carnitine, which helps with the shuttling of um, triglycerides into the mitochondria, again, for energy production. The half-life of cardarine is actually quite long, 16 to 24 hours, albeit that some sources mention that the half-life is only 12 hours. It has a long-lasting effect, but it seems that after you dose it orally, most of the effects are quite acute. So I would advise everybody to take cardarine 30 minutes to 60 minutes pre-workout in 10 to 30 milligram dosages. Now, if you have multiple training sessions over the day, I would not exceed 40 milligrams cardarine per day. So ideally you would take 20 milligrams cardarine for your first session of the day and the second session of the day, and thus stamina increases, endurance is boosted, and fatty acid oxidation. And if you take carnitine and some lipolytic agents like clenbuterol or growth hormone will greatly improve overall fat burning effects. Now, I'm sure you guys are all intimately familiar with cardarine because it's been on the market for a very long time and it's very popular as a fat burner. So it has fat burning effects, improved energy metabolism. Um, it increases oxygen utilization because apparently it can increase the production of nitric oxide, which improves vasodilation and improves blood flow. Um, and it has the capability to delay fatigue because the metabolic waste products of fatty acid oxidation are not as deleterious to reduce your stamina and endurance compared to some of the metabolic waste products that occur from glucose metabolism. So it's, it's a very beneficial compound that has been used for ages to improve skeletal muscle function, improve endurance, and reduce fatigue. And you can actually optimize the use of data or cardarine even further with myo-inositol tripyrophosphate, abbreviated to ITPP. I mentioned this under optimizing skeletal muscle function, which is uh, true to a certain extent, but I should have mentioned this in the optimizing oxygen carrying capacity segment because myo-inositol tripyrophosphate improves the oxygen affinity of hemoglobin and thus the oxygen carrying capacity of the red blood cells improves. The oxygen delivery to metabolically active tissues is heightened and then the overall energy production is improved as well. Whether you stimulate that with muldronate, data, cardarine, etc., it doesn't really matter. So this is actually quite popular. It's not included on the 2023 or 2024 prohibited list or monitoring program. So you're, again, you're half natty if you want to use it. Um, the half-life in serum of ITPP is 1.3 to 3.3 hours, but it binds to the hemoglobin within the red blood cells. So basically, the active time of ITP supplementation is anywhere between 80 to 120 days um, after you've done a loading phase. So keep this in mind. Technically, you should do a loading phase to increase the oxygen affinity of the hemoglobin within the red blood cells. It could be anywhere between 100 milligrams to 250 milligrams ITPP once or twice daily. So that's 100 milligrams to 500 milligrams total per day. Once you've reached the noticeable effect, whether those are nootropic benefits, because of course, oxygenation will also occur in the brain or endurance benefits. Once that is reached, you can reduce to a maintenance dose to 100 milligrams, maybe three times per week. Some people go to sublingual route, maybe 50 milligrams, 70 milligrams ITPP sublingually. It seems to enhance its absorption, but orally works quite well, even though the oral bioavailability is, I think, 37%. So you might want to go the sublingual route, um, considering that ITPP supplementation, especially for the loading phase, 
can be quite expensive. Now, the biological functions and effects, of course, modulating the hemoglobin affinity of oxygen. Besides that, it can improve hypoxia. So if the oxygen release and delivery to metabolically active tissue is improved, then states of hypoxia during strenuous endurance sports is obviously reduced. This downstream will reduce angiogenesis because angiogenesis, the formation of new blood vessels, actually occurs after hypoxia. So ITDP might reduce angiogenesis and other markers related to hypoxia, including vascular endothelial growth factor in hypoxia inducible factor one, and thus inhibiting potentially a tumor and cancer growth and development. If you inhibit angiogenesis, but you want to use BPC-157 or TB-500 as a recovery aid, then that seems to be mixed signals, obviously. So choose either or. If you go with uh, myo-inositol tripyrophosphate to improve your endurance and you sustain an injury, stop the ITPP, even though it will uh, reduce uh, hypoxia and potentially angiogenesis for 80 to 120 days because the ITTP is contained within the hemoglobin within the red blood cells, which take a very long time to um, right die and metabolize from the body. So if you reduce the potential for angiogenesis, but you want to induce angiogenesis to improve injuries with BBC-157 or TB-500, um, you might be sending mixed signals. So keep this in mind, right? You might reduce the capability of recovering from injuries. And again, like I mentioned previously, it does seem that users of ITPP report that it has nootropic effects by increasing oxygen delivery and blood flow to the brain. Some users report increased clarity and focus, while others notice that it improves their overall cognition and even reaction time. So if you follow a contact sport or fighting sports, then it seems that ITPP can actually improve not only your stamina, but also your reaction time so you can see those punches coming and avoid them. And then the last compound I want to discuss, and this one is super, super niche. I've never talked to anybody who's actually used this compound. I've heard it through the grapevine that it is being used in very long endurance sports, like the Tour de France cycling, for example. But again, I've never talked to anybody who has anecdotal experience using tromethamine. This optimizes skeletal muscle function by removing lactic acid. Uh, tromethamine, abbreviated to TUM, is a buffering agent to prevent metabolic acidosis. Half-life is about four to eight hours through intravenous administration. And the only product on the market that I was able to find contains a version of TUM is named Toradolorol. Try to pronounce that fastly. Toradolorol. Now it sounds like you have a mouthful of dicks. Okay. It contains ketorolic tromethamine and it's administered up to 40 milligrams in normal saline solution intravenously for up to five days, again, as a buffering agent to prevent metabolic acidosis. Now, it seems that the effective dose, uh, heard through the grapevine, is 10 milligrams in 100 milliliters normal saline solution intravenously one hour before a, a strenuous race, uh, but it can also apparently be taken orally, albeit that I can't really find what the oral bioavailability is. So again, take it all with a grain of salt. This is through the grapevine. I can't uh, verify how much of this is actually true. So tromethamine only has one biological function and effect, helping to reduce metabolic acidosis. When you inject it intravenously, it dissociates into basic forms, which can combine with hydrogen ions. And this reaction helps to neutralize excess acids in the body and restores the acid-base balance. So I'm not entirely sure how this would work in combination with some of the over-the-counter supplements, which are known to have a similar effect, 
like a sodium bicarbonate, baking soda, for example, apparently has a very similar reaction within the body and thus reduce excess hydrogen atoms within the bloodstream and potentially within skeletal muscle as well. Albeit that I feel that oral beta-alanine supplementation or even injectable carnosine injected into the muscle group that you're going to use for endurance sports or train during the workouts, I feel that that's better for improving the lactic acid buffer within skeletal muscle. So maybe you can use tromethamine or sodium bicarbonate for the lactic acid buffer within the bloodstream and beta-alanine, injectable carnosine for the lactic acid buffer within skeletal muscle. Should be able to combine it, albeit that I'm not familiar with tromethamine myself. I think this pretty much concludes the optimized endurance deep dive video series, unless you want me to make a part seven discussing stimulants and nootropics, which again, I feel it's better to include that in the optimized entrepreneurial deep dive video series, reducing inflammation with the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, corticosteroids, glucocorticoids, and biological anti-inflammatory agents. And um, I'm open to suggestions if you feel I left something out up until this point. Then I'm willing to make a part seven. Otherwise, we're going to close it off right here. Thank you guys so much for joining me in this Optimized Endurance Deep Dive video series. It was very fun to make it, even though the response and the views were not that stellar. I guess nobody really cares about endurance sports anymore. What I do feel is what we should do is how to design specific stacks for MMA or cycling or wrestling, right? Whatever is popular, let me know down below if you want me to design a half natty or a full Monty <laughs> a stack for MMA, boxing, other contact sports, or cycling sports, endurance sports, because then I can combine all of these compounds in particular stacks and teach you something new, whether you want to beat the drug test or really don't give a flying f about why I just like I do. All right, I'll leave it here. Thank you guys so much for watching. You can find everything that I'm associated with down below in the YouTube description section. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Vigor Steve. Vigorous crew, you guys know what to do. A front double bicep for the Vigorous crew. I will tell you this, Incrolex has improved my endurance, but since it's so readily unavailable, uh, I'm deciding not to include it here. We'll just stay tuned for more Incrolex videos. Don't worry, I'll make a few more since you guys love it so much. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.